Praise the Lord. I'm very happy this morning to be here in the chapel of his resurrection. And I want to thank our Father in the Lord, Venerable Professor Sam Ike, for giving me another opportunity to be a blessing. Professor Sam has, was um, right from the campus. He was our president in the Christian Union. And um, he was also once uh, a Bible secretary of the CU. And he was one of those people that God used to bring us up in the Lord. Praise the Lord. He was one of those people that brought us in the Lord. And I remember when he was president, the team of the of the year at that time was a seemingly great army of the Lord. That time God was sensitizing us. Christian youth, students used to get involved in missions. And since then he has been a father to me. In fact, when we left campus, the last time I met him was in 1996 at the Chapel of Redemption, UNEC. And uh, after my administration, he came and told me and said that since he has heard that I have been in missions, that he and his family has been praying for me. That's a father's heart. And I know that he's still praying for me. Praise the Lord. I want to thank the leadership of the church for all your support. And also I want to thank my brother and my friend, Reverend Colonel Dr. Ifani Honor and his wife. You know, they have been my host anytime I come to Enugu. They would give me accommodation, feed me three times a day, and will refresh me. Praise the Lord. And first, Mommy Ona will just come back from UNTH and rush to the kitchen to prepare food for us. And he has been doing it not only for me, but for other missionaries. In fact, it is hard. People come and go. Come and go. And we are very close. I I'm a part of their family. In fact, I even enter into their, into their bedrooms. Praise the Lord. So I want to thank him you know, for his labor of love, for his prayers, and for his support to us in the mission field. And I want to thank about five of you people who have been sending regular and occasionally support to us, to our ministry, and um, the Lord will bless you. I want to thank all those who have been praying through the praise and prayer bulletin. I want to thank you. In fact, I'm a member of his chapel of his reservation. I'm a, a member in diaspora. <laughs> I'm a member of diaspora. So I want to thank you for your commitment to this work. I want to encourage you and thank you for, you know, taking the gospel to the hinterlands, you know, building churches, building, pa- I just, we just had today that you are dedicating a pastorage in one of the communities. I want to thank you. This church is like an Antioch church. 
you are not a selfish church. Praise the Lord. That only minister to yourselves. I want to thank you very much. And also for your outreach. My beloved sister, Dr. Mrs. Ikuluka Mbadiwit, told me about how you people also are reaching out to the diaspora, foreigners, the Aousas and the Fudanese in Galiki. You know, God is going to bless you all in Jesus' name. Before I go and share the word, I want to sing you a song of the nation. A song of the Ejos, the John nation where we have been walking over the years. And the topic and the name, the, the translation of that song is Heaven is a place of rest. Heaven is a beautiful place. I will be there. Praise the Lord. It goes like this. Amabe mbafioma 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 amabe Father, I want to thank you for another opportunity to share the word with my brethren in the area of taking the gospel to the nations. Father, it is only you that can do it. Only you that can touch hearts. It is only you that can raise men for this great work you are doing. It is only you that can speak to your people. Father, say, oh God, have your way. I'm just a human instrument, oh God. Help me, oh God, even to be a blessing to our brethren. At the end, the kingdom of this world shall become the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, eternal Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I want to just read two scriptures today, foundation for what I'm going to share with you this morning. Matthew, the common verse, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, the theme of this year. He said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever. I have commanded you, and I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And also turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 1, from verse, Deuteronomy chapter 1, from verse 5. It says, On this side, Jordan, in the land of Moab, began Moses to declare this law, saying, The Lord our God spake unto us in, in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long in this mountain. He said, Turn you and take your journey, and go to the mouth of the Amorites, and unto all the places near thereunto, in the plain, in the hills, and in the vow, and in the south, 
and by the side sea to the land of the Canaanites and unto Lebanon, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. He said, Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them unto them and to their seed after them. So, in these passages, the Lord has been talking about taking the gospel for his people to begin to go to the nations and possess the nations for you. He said, go ye therefore. That is a command of God. That we should go, you know, to the nations that he uses as an instrument to multiply people who will be like the likeness of God in the nations of the world. And in that Deuteronomy chapter 5, the Lord says to the people of God, He said, We have dwelt long in this mountain. He said, Turn ye and take your journey and go to the mount of the Amalites. The mount of the Amalites are people who are who are on rich people groups. They are on rich people groups. He said, Go to those areas. You know, the church, even for the Old Testament, the people of God are supposed to be a dynamic movement to take nations for God. And Jesus, the last word he told us is that we should go and make disciples of all nations. We should go. We should not sit about unlike what is happening today in the church of Jesus Christ today. No, that the church is still don't want to move. They want to be comfortable. They want to, you know, enjoy the blessings of the Lord. They don't want to go to other nations. They don't go for evangelism. Two weeks ago, I was in a wedding. I was speaking in a church. The pastor is a, a professor in Futo. And um, the church is just a young church. And he told them that a missionary is coming to speak to them. And they said they will be there. And behold, none of the leaders came for that administration. Because, you know, it's not what they want to hear. The Bible said that the last days, people will have itching ears. They want to learn. So, none of the people, even the leaders came, you know, it was just a handful of people that came for the, that service. And I thank God, the Lord had his way. That after the ministration, the church said that we are going to, even though we are small, that all our tithes, tithes of tithes, shall be going for missions. See, see? So God is ready to do with little people or with a multitude. A great church 
is not known by his sitting capacity. A great church is not known by his sitting capacity, but by his sending capacity. I say it again. A great church is not known by his sitting capacity, but by his sending capacity. How many of them, of the members, are uh, going to the mission fields? It's not how many people, uh, 10,000 people in my church, but they are miracle seekers and prosperity seekers. They are not disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, God wants us to go. It might be far. It might be near to us. It might be far. And it might be very close to us. Very close to us. In fact, by the time we answered the call in 1988 for missions, the, the trend that time was going to the north, going to which people go up and all that. But brethren, I want to let you know that the unrich people are very close to us. And if we don't reach them with the gospel, they will reach us with AK-47. <laughs> and that is even happening now. Everywhere they are causing trouble. Look at what happened to artisan this thing the other day. They were shooting people and killing people. Everywhere right now. So, even though, you know, God said that and what God is doing nowadays is that he's bringing the unrich people Groups close to us. The Irish people. Groups close to us. They are bringing them. And we need to evangelize them. I thank God for what the chapel is doing. And I want us to do more for the Lord. So going ye to the nation. The CMF mandate. The CMF. The Christian Missionary Foundation. It's a non-denominational missionary organization that takes the gospel to only people group. The first, it was started by students from UCH, University Teaching Hospital in Pardon, and some students from a Bada Polytechnic. They had an outreach in 1981 in one community called Idere in Oyo State. In Oyo State. And that community, 40% of members of the of the population of that community were infected by guinea worms. By guinea worms. 40% of them. And they are mostly Muslims. And God led these youths to go and preach the gospel to them. And they came with medical missions, welfare missions, and all that. And 
the people surrendered their lives to God. And they continue going there, treating the people and carrying out riches in that place. And it is one of those, in one of those art riches that the Lord spoke to those students to start a mission foundation that would take the gospel to rural areas on which people both in Nigeria and Africa and other parts of the world where the gospel have not been preached. And in 1982, the CMF was inaugurated as a ministry in, um, in Trichard Hall, University of Ebano. In Trichard Hall. And three of our, out of three, four of our members of the trustee, two of them are medical doctors. One of them is even a canon in the Anglican church. An Anglican in the Anglican church and they started the ministry. He, he also was a medical doctor. Although he has gone to be with the Lord. So that is where we started. So we started that outreach in that community, raising men. And some people volunteered to become uh, missionaries among that community. In fact, in that place, people don't want to go to Idare. It was a go, it's a, it's a, a go no area. So one sister and one brother who is a, a civil engineer in a, uh, a, a polytechnic, and one sister who was working in Obomosho, which is a, a city in our state, volunteered to go to that place to teach in the secondary school. And that was how we started raising men in that place for God. To the point that, you know, that school in that Idre made the student made the best result in our state that time in mathematics and biology. They made the best results in our state. So the ministry of the CMF, our core values is taking the gospel to all rich people groups. We don't plant churches in the city. We don't plant churches. Our goal, especially people who is about 90% of the populations are not Christians. That is our focus. We focus on the unwish people group. And in Nigeria, we are working in about, and also, we believe in the holistic ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are having our Evening devotion at um, Reverend Colonel Ifani Ona's house yesterday with, with those in the in the family, and we read about where Jesus said to the people, "Go and give them something to eat." So we minister holistically, not only just the preaching of the gospel, but carrying out ministries that you know change the life of the people. Both spiritually, physically, emotionally, and the total human being, total aspect of the human life. 
we believe in holistic ministry. And also, we, we are a faith ministry also. We believe in the Lord. And, you know, the ministry doesn't pay salaries. I've been in the ministry for, CMF for the past 34 years. And they don't pay all salaries. They, from the headquarters. You have to depend on God to raise money to run the ministry and also take care of your family responsibilities. So we have a faith work. We believe that if God has called you, He will take care of you, even in the mission field. So we have all that mission activities. In fact, um, the same of us started some mission work and the South South among traditional worshippers. There was this brother that started the work. He was the principal of the school. And he started the work in, in Odi. Do you know, you know the town called Odi? That place that Chief of Bastanjo, one of our former president, went and destroyed the whole people. That is where we started our work in Odi. And one day it just. And that place, 95% of them are memory worshippers and traditional worshippers. So it was Brother Kiki Priest who started the work there as a principal in a school and invited the CMF. And then by 1988, he was transferred to another community and it was just the time I was coming out of school that the Lord led me to go and continue that work there. And we started planting churches Praying and uh, carrying outreaches in that community. In fact, in one of that, our outreach, there was one man, like Simeon the sorcerer. He was a sorcerer. And the whole community fears him. The whole community fears him. And um, we went, I and my team, we went there to preach the gospel. He threatened us, attacked us. And told us that in two weeks time that we are going to be dead people. So as young as we are, we started we were not afraid. We started praying. And after two weeks, it was him that was buried. So that is how going to the nations involves spiritual warfare. So we started the work in day, And the Lord led us. We gathered disciples and began to train them and today some of them are ministers and pastors in that community. So we started a walk. The Lord led us to an rich community among the Egyptians called the Kalama people along the east-west road. And accessibility was only through the rivers. And um, we went there with the gospel. And the first day we arrived, we have heard about people have told us, look, if you go to that community, they will kill you. They will destroy you. But we prayed and God told us to go to that community. And the first time we arrived with that community, the people said, no, that they will never allow us to start a church planting movement in that community because they were like like the tribes of 
they were just like the Levites, dedicated to serve the idol that controls about 20 communities in that place. And the name of that idol was Obudaba. They were totally sold out to idol. In fact, I learned a lesson from the people. In that place, you know, it was only the chief that has a blockhouse. Some of them you know, live in thatch houses and mud houses. But they touch themselves and beat a block and zinc house for that idol. I said, the us we are not going to, to allow us to come to that place. And as the Lord will have, they said to us, unless you are coming to start a school for our children, because they don't even have schools. They don't have medical things and all that. So by that time, I have not yet married. And uh, we told them, I said, we are going to come and start a school with, for their children. And they were so excited. And they gave us a place to start the school. And we started training the children, ministering the gospel to them, you know. And the, the children, the Lord began to transform their life. Because every day, children and adults die in that community. And when they saw the effect of the gospel in that land, they told us that we should, you know, they began to be open to the gospel. So that is one of the strategies we use to penetrate the unreached people groups. We go with schools, with medicals and all that. And in that community, we started discipling them. That is also another aspect of going to the nation. It's not just going to make convert, but discipling the indigenous to become Christians. And we started discipling them. And the first person to repent was the chief of that land. After that, the chief priest also repented. And we started planting a church in that community. And when they had saw the a face of idolatry, the chief himself decided to burn the Juju house and you know by himself. So we prayed for him and he took fuel and burned that Juju house, which before refused to be burned. And it burned in ashes. And when the people of Kalama saw that the idol has been burned, they came and um, took us to the police station. They took <laughs> This is how serious you can see how the people passionate about their religion. They took us to the police station and they put us to sell. And um, the case was in court for almost two years until one day the chief magistrate came from you know, uh, what fat to Inegua and he told the people and said, Look, that today. This case is going to end. Why are you defending your God? If your God is God, why, allow, why not allow him to defend for his case? And that is how we, <laughs> we won the case. That whole, and the gospel began to prosper in Kalama. And when the people, other people from other islands, because they live in islands, heard that Kalama has received the gospel, they began to call us and say, 
come over to Macedonia and help us. And that was how the gospel spread among those people. So we are also working in, uh, in the north, in the north central. We are working among the Guariyamas, the Guariyamas in, uh, in, in Abuja, in the Federal Capital Territory. We worked there for 10 years before we discovered that the people, as part of their culture, they killed twins. Or if their mother died during pregnancy because they don't have facilities, you know, they will bury the child alive with the dead mother. And they are still practicing it up to today. And we have a brother and his wife, Dr. Lukotu, and his wife. He's a medical doctor, and also his wife is a, a midwife, a nurse midwife, and they are reaching out to those people. We are a home where we, we, we train those people, those youths, and our aim is to disciple them and to send back, uh, send them back to, um, to those, to their communities so that they can stop that evil effects of idolatry in that place. And we have been, even, we have about 150 children we have rescued from those people who would have died. So we are also working in, among the Kanuris and the Mandela people. The Kanuris are about 3 million people, 3.5 million people, but they don't have they, don't, they have less than 20 Christians. We are working among them and also among the Fulanis in their midst. And also we are working among the Mandalas. In fact, during the Boko crisis, we lost one of our, our missionaries who is leading the work. He's an indigenous of that place. When the war started, he said, I can't leave my people. I called it away. They, they, they came and shot him dead. And and uh, but the work has continued. The people who are directing our work in the northeast, southeast, are indigenous who have been delivered from idolatry and Islam. And today they are uh, coordinating the work in the southeast. We also have work among the Kemperis in the north central. In the north central, we have. Uh, we are working among the Kemperis, we are working among the Zablaman people that are 99.9% who are Christians. And one of our strategies is medical missions and educational missions and raise school missions. Because we target the children and raise them up in the Lord. By the time they are 20 years, they have already become Christians. And that is why we want to transform the, people, uh, the life of the communities with the gospel. We're also working in, uh, in the, in, um, in Kuala State among the Bariba people. They also, 99% of them are, uh, Islam. We're working among them. We have established schools for them and we have a primary and secondary school among those people. And recently, we have established a hospital among them as a strategy to reach them with the gospel. 
So we are, we have, so we are also in other foreign countries. Foreign countries. Like Republic of Benin, Cameroon, uh, uh, Togo, Ivory Coast. In fact, our work in Ivory Coast started in 1982 through our sister, Chimwe Oneshe, who was, who read French in the University of Nigeria. And she was our first missionary to the foreign, uh, to the foreign countries. And through her ministry, he has raised disciples who are now taking care of the work in those areas. In fact, the chairperson of the CMF in uh, Africa is one of our converts. We also have work in Gambia. Our work in Gambia started in 1985 when Brother John you know, who is a mechanical engineer, went to that country. God gave him a vision that country. Gambia is about 99 points people who are Muslims. And he started, in fact, our leaders gave him, paid his ticket, 250,000. That was his ticket to that country. And gave him $1,000 as pocket money. And there was just, he, need, he needed God's intervention. And when he went there, the first person who received him in an airport was Brother M. who was uh, who was working with the SAI and also as a uh, couple missionary. And the first day he arrived in that country, the brother took him to his house and they were watching a television. That the same night there was a vacancy in the national television that they needed technical drawing teachers. To, to teach in the secondary school. And that's how this brother, the full day, went and applied. And they gave him automatic uh, employment. And, and also gave him a residential visa in that place, uh, in that country. And this brother started teaching in the schools and reaching out to Muslim youth in those schools for God. And one of his People that was in his class was Jamai, the former president of Gambia. Jamai was part of his student. So we started, he left in 19, uh, 1992 for other mission field. And Botachine who studied civil engineering at the University of Nigeria. In fact, he had the first class in civil engineering and she went to that country. And started discipling them, planting churches, raising people, indigents of those people. And today, most of them are pastors and missionaries in their whole community. So we are working, we had also work, that work has expanded to, to other, uh, neighboring nations, like Senegal, like Guinea-Bissau, and other places. And Burkina Faso, we are also working in those areas. We are working in four countries. We had an outreach in China before, but because of lack of funds, we could not continue the gospel. So the, the people of the nations are looking for us. They are waiting. The children of this world are waiting for the manifestations of the gospel. And God is in a big hurry to turn 
the kingdom of this world to the kingdom of God. And so, you can be part of this work. We need laborers, especially the young people. In fact, by June, some of the missionaries are growing old now and they need replacement. By June this year, I will be 60 years and uh, the bones are cracking. So we need young people to begin to enter into, into the mission work. Especially in this, last, in this end times, in this generation, the young people love money so much. They want to hit, they want to hit money and make money so fast. But God can call you as a missionary and bless you. I read about um, Dr. Akanibam. He was one of the earliest missionaries that the Eastern, the Eastern Nigeria has produced. And when he came back from overseas, he told the government he was working in the rural communities among in the other communities in the southeast. He didn't go to the cities. He was a missionary, a medical missionary. And God blessed him, even to the point that he became the governor general of the eastern Nigeria and became the traditional ruler of his community. So, God, I want to encourage the young people, God will take care of you if you get involved in missions. He will not abandon you. The Bible said that he delivered brother, sisters, lands and all that we gain it in this world both in this world to come and in the world to come and you know God said how beautiful are the feet of them that bring the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ in one of our feet the brother who is directing our work in the Republic of Benin he has a broken leg one of his legs was cut because he was a Muslim. And when he became a Christian, the Muslims wanted to kill him. So his occupation is to drill borehold. And one of those times he went to drill borehold and he, they were bringing him with a rope. They conspired. The Muslims conspired. They left the rope. And he fell into the well and broke one of his legs. And yet... God called him with one leg. With one leg, this brother is traversing the whole of the public of Benin preaching the gospel. With one leg. And with his clutches. So if God can call how much you who are, God has blessed with the education. God has blessed with different kinds of gifts and resources. So for us to go into the world there must be goers both near and far and they and also there will be those who are senders senders people who are sending their prayers resources for, for, for mission work before during my early years of missions work I thought that it is only those in the front line that will get the reward in heaven. But God told me in 2001, I went to 
in Israel for a short mission outreach in that country. And the first day I came into Nigeria, God gave me a vision of 24. I saw in a vision of 24 jewels that the Lord showed me. I said, and I was so happy. I said, ah, ah, what is it? And the Lord said, this is the heavenly currency. And I was so glad. I said, please, I need that to the four crowns. And the Lord spoke to me. I said, those you have out of these to the four crowns, you have only eight of them belongs to you. The eight belong to those who have been supporting the work and eight belongs to those who have been praying for the work. So, it is not only those, the sowers and the reapers, we reap the same thing. And what God is counting on us is faithfulness in whatever he has called us to do. In the book of First Chronicles chapter 12, if you read down, you know, God you know, raised, there was a, an army of those who came to turn the kingdom of Saul to the kingdom of David. They came to turn the kingdom of Saul to the kingdom of David. And the people were, most of them were people who were gifted in different areas. Some of them knows how to use the arrows and get the your hair. They know how to use the arrows with the left hand and the right hand. They were skilled men who were committed to that. And in verse 32 of that first Chronicles chapter 12, the Bible said about the children of Issachar, the Bible said they have understanding of the times. That was their gifting. They were the searchers. They were all in that team. So, as a Christian, God has given us different gifts. You might not go fully for 35 years as a ministry, but you can be a sender of missionaries, supporting missionaries. You can be in the media department. You can be in the student mobilization unit and who are, you know, uh, uh, motivating and raising people for missions and even students for mission work. Brethren, we have need in this work. We need laborers. We need laborers. Doctors, my wife is a nurse. And I know that her ministry has really helped me in this work so much. Her ministry, taking care of the converts, taking care of their medical needs. In fact, when we are in, the, in one of our fields, the people they deliver with banana leaves and they call the umbilical cord with broken bottles. And most of them suffer from you know, infections and they die. But when we came there, my, my wife was a midwife, was taking care of them, was delivering babies, healing the sick. And the Lord helped her in so much in her ministry. So you can be a sender, you can go for missions. And then, finally, you can be a center for missions. You can give for the work of missionary work. And it, is, it does not mean only when you have a millionaire, when you become a millionaire, you can give. The Bible talks of the Macedonian church that they gave their substance to Paul. Pleading with him, 
even in their deep poverty, they supported mission work. And you know, supporting missions or giving for God's work is grace. It takes grace to do that. It does not depend on how much you, you have. But if you are so much committed in supporting missions, even as God has blessed you as the children of, um, of Joseph told Joshua when he was dividing the land, he said, give us the forested areas. If God has blessed you, you can be a supporter for missions. And we need vehicles for this work. I left my house since 10th of April. And I've been going around preaching and sharing about missions. I went to Isukwato for a mission assignment. From there, I went to Owere, from Owere to Mbidi, from Mbidi to Enugu. And from Enugu here today, I've been going to Apakleke. So we need some vehicle. The vehicle we are using now are very old. In fact, in this matter, it broke down on the road up to 40 times. Four times. Up to 40 times. We need a vehicle, you know, to pioneer the work in the southeast, mobilizing the, the church and fellowship and ministries and student group for missions and going for outreaches. We are planning for a diaspora missions also in the southeast where we minister to these foreign people who are living with us today. We need motorcycles for our field missionaries. We need drugs. We need um, in fact Anything you use, man uses, can be given for missions. Clothes, foodstuffs, anything you use, laptops, commit, you know, you can support missions with all that you have. Recently, a woman came to our office and gave us a bundle of boobs. That was what she had. And God notified his sacrifice. So you can support us in this area. And if the Lord is leading you to provide a, a vehicle for this work, you see, you are doing part of that work because you spent a part of your life making that money. And you are, you know, you are also multiplying yourself, incarnating yourself in the mission work. And God is going to bless you. So I want to thank every one of you who have listened to us. If you want to get involved in missions, I don't want to do another call. You know, you can reach me after the service, or if you want to go and pray about it, you can go and pray about it, and you can reach me through our daddy in the Lord, or any of the chaplains. And God is going to bless you wonderfully. Let's be a part of this work. No minister can do this work alone. And that is why, you know, the church in the southeast you know, we are too denominational. My church, my church, my church, my church. You know, not even redeem can do it alone. We need relationship. We need partnership. Even the oil companies, Shell and F and uh, Egypt, even though they are big companies, they still partner together and fulfill their objectives. And I believe that as we join hands together in this work, you know, if God has called you to be a missionary, you can see me. I said, with your hands with this work, the Lord is going to bless you. The Lord is going to bless your family and bless the words of their hand. And at the end, you will be a partaker 
of his glorious inheritance in heaven. Shall we pray? God has an army marching through the land, deliverance in the heart, healing in the wind. In this army, I have got a part. I want you to talk to God. Whatever the Holy Spirit lays in your heart, tell God that I'm going to do it. Either as a full-time missionary or a part-time missionary. Or even in my workplace, to be an instrument of evangelization within my workplace and in my communities. And if God is leading you to support missions regularly, monthly, quarterly, but as the Lord gives you ability, or you want to meet the needs I have shared with you, talk to God and say, God, what will you have me do? Father, thank you, O oh God, for today. Thank you for the privilege, Lord, to share the gospel and to share with what you are doing in the kingdom of God through the CMF. Father, I want to thank you for the commitment of my brethren in this chapel. Lord, I ask that you enlarge their course. Lord, I ask that you prosper them. Lord, I ask, oh God, that even, oh God, you make a way for them even where there is no way. That the brethren in this church will be an instrument of blessing and the expansion of the kingdom of God. May they meet, may you meet their needs, oh God. Even at this time, you thank you for those who will be going, who will be volunteering for mission work. Lord, I ask that you will strengthen their feeble hands. We give you honor and praise. Blessed be your holy name, O God. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.